welcome everyone here at Bossit. We would love to hear from you. Join us in our Bossit community by heading over to our website, bossitclub.com and join our mailing list. As we grow, we will be launching our community of fellow Bossit BFS and we want you to be a part of it. Okay, Sophie and Noreen, let's dig into this. I can't wait to tell them all about how we got here. Welcome to the Bossit Podcast. My name is Sophia Noreen and I took an Etsy startup and launched it in big box retailers within 12 months. As a creative with an entrepreneurial drive, I left my full-time career in healthcare to find better harmony between career, family, and self-care. We believe you can have it all. Yes, you can launch and run a successful, scalable business while maintaining harmony in all aspects of your life. We believe we can learn from each other and draw on many experiences to create the best life possible. During each episode, we will share proven life hacks that will keep you on top and striving every day. There should be no hesitation. Make a plan, take action. We are here for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another fantastic episode of the Boss Podcast. Today, I am extremely excited because I have Laura joining us again for another episode. Hey, Laura, how's it going? Good. So we're going to talk about a really juicy topic. I'll let Laura do the intro for it. But I do think that everyone needs to take special notes during this episode because there is some hot tips that are going to be dropped that can prevent you from losing a lot of money. Okay, so today I think a great little chat would be on how to protect your business assets. So lately, I've been hearing a lot of stories about how people are encountering scams, phishing, malware, theft. And so I think it'd just be great to kind of break it down. People like me, solopreneurs, I kind of work in a little silo and I don't always hear what's going on in everyone else's business. So it's just kind of nice to be aware of these things and to hear what's going on so that your sort of radar is up when it comes to these problems. Mm-hmm. 100%. Even for us in healthcare, all the way to the product case business, we have to be aware of these scams because they are cyber criminals that are out there that are looking. And the way it's been described to me anyways, is that it's literally their business to go and fraud you out of your money. They have a boardroom set up chatting about who to go for, who is at risk, who is vulnerable. And apparently I've read that it could be up to 18 months before hand that they're targeting you. So let's figure out what the signs are and safeguard ourselves. So we're not a victim to these cyber criminals. Yeah, so true to note, like these criminals are so much more sophisticated than they used to be. It's not the pick up the phone and say, like, is your refrigerator running? just the really cheesy, bad criminals. It's not that anymore. They're doing it in a very sophisticated way. So I think that it's really good to be vigilant on what's going on in your business and how we can maybe keep an eye out for some of these things. Mm -hmm. So first, let's talk about physical theft. Now, this is not new. This has been a thing that businesses have encountered forever. It's, it's a common issue in business establishments. And so I just wanted to give an example of a physical theft that someone might not have thought of or that kind of thing. This happened to a client of mine about a year ago or so. And it was actually what had happened was they were required to mail a supplier some post-dated checks. It was to do with rent and they were mailing the post-dated checks. Well, what happened is someone decided to pick their mail up for them <laughs> and deposit all of those checks. 
So luckily, like the client noticed quite quickly and realized like, hey, wait a minute, these are postdated checks. Why did they all just go through at once? So it kind of alerted them as to what was going on. And then from there, obviously the landlord and the bank, everyone was notified and that did work out in the end. Okay. I guess it's just a good reminder is to protect your assets. Protect your physical items. Don't leave checks out. If you have a stack of checks going to somewhere, consider the safety and how they're getting there. So popping them in a mailbox at the end of a busy downtown core might not be the best option. You may want to hand deliver that or ask for an alternative address that's a little safer. And yeah, don't leave your checks laying around. So anybody can steal blank checks they can easily be cashed through the ATM. So it's not even necessarily teller that's being fooled. And it's just the hassle, right? It's just extra time out of your business and your day and stress that you don't need. So if you don't have a safe, grab a safe, put them in there, hide them, don't leave them out. Same with money, right? It's basically, it is a form of money and you wouldn't just leave money hanging around. So same thing goes for checks. Yeah, well said. And you would think that a post-dated check wouldn't have cash, but clearly there have been provisions made at the bank level, I suppose, that are clearing checks if they're deposited automatically. Because I notice if I put a check in, it's auto-deposited into my account immediately. It's kind of scary, right? Don't really look at my checks as an asset, but they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're susceptible to theft, just as we saw in that example. So definitely keep those hidden somewhere and and under lock and key if you can. Yeah, so that's pretty scary. So next is one that we deal with. This is kind of like the nuisance theft, and that's malware. And I've heard of a ton of organizations from like school boards, even down to like small businesses like me, experiencing just these nuisance malware scans. And so What has happened to me over the past few months is I keep getting hacked. My website keeps getting hacked. And it's interesting because there's nothing they're really gaining from hacking it other than it just being a super large nuisance for me. And what comes out of those types of things is you're then paying somebody to clean your website up. You might be down for some period of time. You may have to start back from the beginning. I've heard of situations where there's ransom involved. I mean, there's a lot of just kind of lurking situations out there. Just something to keep your head up for and to think about when you're giving out your information. Yeah. So with malware, is there anything people can do to prevent that from happening? Yeah. So something I've learned is to keep your website up to date. So make sure you're regularly going in on the back end. Make sure you're doing the updates that are available. Make sure anything that you're not using, like plugins or themes or those kind of things, make sure you get rid of those because that's where it's coming in from is generally those type of items. The other thing is, and this is like across the board is passwords. We need to be changing our passwords a heck of a lot more than we are. So something that I have started to do, and I'm obsessed with Google Calendar or any sort of calendar or reminder system that you're using is to put in your calendar a space to remind you to change the password. So every two months, It's just so simple. And whether you're writing down your passwords by hand on a piece of paper at home or whatever it is, I know we say it a lot, but it is really worth the exercise to just go and change your passwords. I know it's annoying and I know it's hard to sometimes remember them, but if it saves you having your website shut down for two weeks or 
having to pay a developer, you know, multiple times to get the virus out or whatever it is. Honestly, it's so worth it just to prevent it in the first place. Yeah. And I like that tip where we put a reminder on our phone or in our calendar and it's like password change day or something. And you go through and you completely change all your passwords, which I think would be a brilliant idea to do with somebody on the phone and chit chat and change passwords. (laughs) Yeah. Get it done. Schedule it in. Believe me. What do they say? An ounce of prevention is worth some saying that really is worth it to do it now than to end up going through it later. A lot of these malware things also come from clicking on things that you shouldn't. So don't ever click on links. If you think something is suspicious, just leave it and pick up the phone, make a phone call, say, hey, did you send me this email with this link? I know like even on Facebook or Instagram now, there's lots of impersonators out there. And then you get somebody messaging you another link and you're like, oh, hey, my friend Karen just messaged me this link. Double check that it's really her, that it's not coming from an impersonation account. That's how they're getting in. So just be really vigilant when you're clicking on things. Never disclose any personal information. We all kind of know that that's common sense, but still it's how these things are coming about. So just be careful with that. And then lastly, something that is kind of a big topic and something I've noticed from a few different clients now, and this is really where the real damage is being done, is through impersonation and phishing scams. So people are losing real money here, big dollars. This is something that is sophisticated at times and hard to almost notice. But that's why I think it's worth talking about today, just so that you kind of have your spidey senses up when it comes to something that seems off. They're not always preventable because you don't always know, right? But keeping your eyes open for these sort of situations. I've actually had this happen to two different clients, not mine, but people in common. So through these impersonation scams, what happens is the impersonator, the intruder, the fraudster is basically finding a way into your email. And because as businesses, we have a lot of information going through our email, right? We're sending out invoices, we're receiving invoices, we're talking about payment, when, who, where, and that's a lot of sensitive data, right? What happened was someone logged into their email. And like you said before, this could have been monitored for some period of time, they could have been watching and and based on what had happened, I think that it was being watched. The supplier, he was in construction, had a client who was going to make a series of payments to him through e-transfer. I guess that had been somewhat agreed upon by email. And so there was a trace there that this invoice was outstanding. It was going to be made and it was going to be done through transfer. What happened was the impersonator started sending emails to this client using that correct email address to say to the client like, oh, my account, something funky is going on. Can you actually make payment to this email address instead? Oh, no. And it was coming from a legitimate source. So they didn't know. The client had no idea that the payment wasn't supposed to come to them. And they ended up making payment to this. And it wasn't caught until a phone call was made and something happened. It was like, oh, when's my money coming? And it was like, oh, I already sent a payment. It was like, no, we didn't receive it. And then finally, just going through, they were able to figure out that somebody had entered into the email, contacted the customer and requested a change of where the payment was going. It's scary because that's so sophisticated, like it's so difficult to watch out for those things. Mm -hmm. But something we kind of did notice afterwards was some email programs allow you to look at the activity within your email. In this specific email, they were able to tell that there had been some logins coming from Nigeria into the email. 
And so obviously that was a big issue, right? So this fraudster had continually been in their email going through to see what was going on. So I definitely, if you're able to, I'd be monitoring that just to kind of make sure that you're the only login. Mm -hmm. Another great way to prevent this is double authentication. Yes. Right? So... I think you're familiar with that too. You use it in a lot of different areas of your business. Yes. So if you don't know about double authentication, I use an authenticator app. I know a lot of websites now will allow you to do text messaging as well as an authenticator app. I picked the app just in case I'm not in the country and I'm not getting text messages. That's my preference. It's just giving you two ways to log in. So like when you log into a program, like for instance, I know QuickBooks uses this, I log in, it says we're going to send the code to your special email or text or whatever, you get the verification code and you enter. Yep, it's a pain in the butt. Yep, it's a little extra time in your day. But for certain areas of your business, it is super, super a great way to prevent sort of some of these intruders into our digital world. Another great way to sort of keep your eyes open for these types of scams and sort of preventing them is making sure you're into your accounting books daily. So obviously, keeping a handle on your finances and maintaining that organization is going to give you that heads up if something is not right, and it's going to do it quickly, and therefore you can then work to rectify it. So banks notoriously take a long time to sort this out. It usually has to go through the fraud department within the banks, then it goes to maybe local police or whatnot. It's a process and it takes a while and you can lose access to your bank through this. Your bank accounts could be frozen or whatnot, right? And I think it's really important and worth it to make sure you're on that. And the shorter disruption, the better, right? So keeping those reconciliations going and knowing if you see something funky, like three of the same checks all deposited, what's going on? Oh, somebody deposited my post-dated checks, right? Like, so that's sort of a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. And do you recommend going into your account every few days or every week? What cadence is the safest, do you think? Ideally, every couple of days, but definitely every week mm-hmm. minimum, I think so. And along the lines on that email impersonation, like they're also doing it in reverse too. So I've heard not only are they contacting customers to say send money elsewhere, but they're also impersonating being your supplier as well. I've heard of this case where they contacted the business owner saying, oh, our systems were off. Can you, instead of wiring the money to this person, can you wire it to that person? And again, just another thing to be aware of what's going on out there. And a great way in your sort of processes, which I think is sort of the start of it, right? You need to have a financial process of how you're sending money. And so something to double check is if there is ever a change made, so to where you're supposed to pay it, how you're supposed to pay it, I would be double checking that, for instance, is the name of the invoice the exact same as the name of the payer? And if not, why? You have an understanding of why that is. So if it's 235 Ontario Inc., you should be paying 235 Ontario Inc. And so those things need to match up. And if not, I would demand the reason why. And I do that by phone. So verbal confirmation is king, right? So making sure you're able to ask the questions and understand. I know so often we're busy and in a rush and we just need to get our tasks done. When it comes to dispersing money, 
I think that's something that you really want to take the time to make sure that the payment is going to the right person. E-transfers, I've heard of those being interrupted in theft. I've read some instances where e-transfers are being pulled out of the system. So again, something else I always practice is, is if I know an e-transfer is coming in from a certain client and I don't get it by the end of the day when they said they are going to, I will just follow up like, hey, just wanted to check it and see it come through. And I usually frame it in like, I know people get busy or sometimes the wrong address gets typed in, but it's always good to follow up because if you're expecting the money, you don't want to lose it, right? So that's sort of the practice that I've always done. Yeah, no, that's a very good tip too. And I think sometimes many of the people listening may be collecting funds and they don't want to seem pushy, but you can frame it in such a way, like you said, people get busy, just want to ensure that payment has been made or say in such a way that you're verifying that it's been paid or not paid because it only takes a second. And EMTs are uh, very much immediate depending on if there's a password set up, there's auto deposit in Canada. And I'm sure uh, different ways of paying like through PayPal and such that as soon as the money is moved out of the account, it's gone, right? Mm -hmm. So if they are a cyber criminal and their intent is to move the money, they'll grab the money as fast as possible and they'll push it out. That's a real risk. I know banks here in Canada have said that they will pull money out of the bank account if a police report is filed and it's deemed as fraud. So, mm -hmm. but the bank has to have the money. They are intending on taking the money and running, likely they'll move the money out of that account. It's extremely scary, actually, if you think about it, because mm -hmm. traditionally look at theft as being material theft, like we spoke about earlier, like mm -hmm. a check or an asset. But in this circumstance, it is completely virtual. It can happen through lots of text messages now. I know of one scam where they asked one of our employees to go to Shoppers Drug Mart posing as our director and ask them to buy $700 worth of gift cards. And then since they were virtual, email them. Oh, so they actually thought it was the director. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. And they only stopped because the Shoppers Drug Mart team member who was cashing them out said, are you sure this is your boss? Because we have a lot of scams running through right now asking for gift cards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so easy to get caught up when you don't have that radar on. And I think that's sort of something that you can work into your sort of processes, especially when it comes to financial. So if there's something that you're always doing virtually, especially with an employee, just have a second back end for confirmation. Like maybe it's a secret code word, or maybe it's a quick phone call. Hey, did you send me this email? Yep. Okay, good. I'm going to buy the gift cards kind of thing, you know? So yes. maybe that's part of how you create your policies and procedures surrounding money and how it's handled. I mean, some of us who are solopreneurs, we don't have to worry about that situation, but there's lots of other things out there that can get you. Like you said, many of those situations where even as a solopreneur, you would go and pay an invoice and perhaps the invoice looks like it's coming from the supplier or whoever you're intending to pay, but they're emailing from an impersonation account and telling you to change payment processes. So I think as a solopreneur, you have to have your guard up virtually. That's insane. Mm -hmm. As you were saying before, e-transfers, like it's so easy to get an email, like one letter incorrect, right? When you're sending an e-transfer, it's so easy to miss that letter. I know like it's happened a ton of times. If you're a solopreneur, if you're a smaller business, if you have a lot of transactions coming in by e-transfer, I'd maybe consider how you do your business. So just to safeguard you, maybe it's more so creating like a Shopify portal or some sort of portal where the client physically goes to your site to make the payment versus this kind of e-transfer that goes out into and then gets to you eventually. I mean, sometimes it makes sense. So it definitely makes sense for some vendors. I receive 
certain transfers in sums not so often. Or again, like auto deposit, although I've heard there's still some security breaches there. So just be super vigilant, stay on top of it. If you have to ask a question, ask. There's ways to frame it, like you said, to make it not sound threatening or pushy. It's just like, hey, just want to follow up because I don't want to miss something. Did you send this? Did you get to it? I know we're busy sort of thing. And I like how you suggested doing it in a timely manner because if it is a fraudulent ask and the person expecting funds doesn't reach out fast enough, then there's nothing that can be done to retract the payment. If it happens within like a 24-hour period, you're hoping that the bank will cooperate and they'll stop payment or they'll intervene and pull payment back. Especially if you have team members or you yourself have the ability, I would follow up with payment requests within the 24-hour period if they said they're going to send it. Absolutely. Yeah. It does seem pushy, but I think if you explain, well, we just want to ensure the safeguard of your funds is being retirement in a nice way. And that's sort of something that I was reading another paper and they said, A lot of these fraudsters come across as sort of a urgent and pushy and aggressive manner. That's another thing just to watch out for if something seems off that way. Start to question it, start to think about it. How, why, you know, what is going on here? Just when you're thinking about communication with you as a business and and sort of what's coming your way, just another thing to keep your spidey senses going on if someone starts to become a little aggressive. I love that tip because it is very much a red flag. And I think even when it comes to doing business outside of the virtual world, if somebody is pushing you to make payment and is being very aggressive, writing all caps or in person saying, let's get the funds going, that's a red flag. I had a friend recently who's paid her vendors for construction renovations and the guy has disappeared. He's, she's more than 50% deposit and they can't find him. So again, she said he was just so eager to get paid and they were so eager to get it done. It's that desperation, right? Like I feel the more desperate you get, the easier it is for them to take advantage of you and vice versa. The more desperate they appear, that should be a red flag. We're like, well, let's pause for a second. What's going on here? Yeah. And that's a whole other industry that's like known for a lot of red flags there. I would say never, ever pay up front for construction. <laughs> so if you can avoid it, I think there's some people that are a small deposit, but it's technically it's very small if they do ask for it. I've never had anybody ask for a large sum of money. It's so important to just be aware of what's going on out there. There's a lot of new things and we don't always hear from other businesses. Some are ashamed or embarrassed, don't want to talk about it, but just knowing what's going on and how it's changing in the landscape of sort of this topic is a good refresher to remember to keep our assets protected. Yes. And set up those internal controls and checks and balances. If you have a spidey sense within, trust your gut instinct, your intuition, and don't get pushed around. Remember, they are criminals, so they'll do whatever it takes to get that money. That's not Mm -hmm. there. Well, it was fantastic having you on again. Laura, give us your pitch. Where can we find you if we need some? Yeah, we just launched financiallyorganized.ca. You can find me on Instagram at financiallyorganized.ca as well as my website there. And yeah, we're also on Facebook too. So I'm rolling out a few tips and tricks as we go. We're just launching. So I'm really excited to start helping businesses become organized in all their financial things. Yay. Okay, great, guys. And remember, make a plan and take action. And yes, you can have it all. And we'll talk to you guys again next week. Take care. Bye. Bye. 
So my fellow bosses, did you enjoy that episode? Now it's time for you to make a solid plan and take action. But first, remember to subscribe and follow the Boss It podcast so you receive a notification whenever we drop an episode. Remember to leave us a review on iTunes. Take a screenshot of your review and share it on Instagram as a post or a story and tag us at Boss It Club. If Instagram is not your thing, no worries. Email your screenshot to podcast at bossitclub.com. As a massive thank you, we will be sending you our top 50 tips for starting and scaling a business. This list is exclusively for podcast reviewers, so don't miss out. Now remember, bosses, make a plan and take action in all aspects of your life. Yes, you can have it all.